0: Thank you. Journey into the Blue Sky. My name is Patricia. My name is Aaron. And today we're going to be discussing about our first sequel to a Blue Sky Studios film, which is... Ice Age, The Meltdown, based off of the original film Ice Age. And um, I have to say that in terms of movies that we know of that have sequels, like, you know, Pixar has had the Toy Story films and The Incredibles and Finding Dory. And we have DreamWorks, which have the Shrek sequels and Puss in Boots and Madagascar and Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon. So we know how they do sequels. So now we're going to finally talk about it. If Blue Sky Studios was able to take the elements that were really good from the first movie and some flaws and are able to iron it out and make it even better.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, first of all, I think we have to address the title because some people call it, you know, Ice Age the Meltdown, Ice Age 2, Ice Age 2 the Meltdown. So, like, like I mean, um, the official title of this movie is Ice Age the Meltdown, but uh, some people just kind of shorten it down to Ice Age 2. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Because when, you were, when we were looking up on Disney+, and here's the thing, like, I think I have not seen this one. I have seen Ice Age 1 and 3, and... I was trying to look up, okay, which is the next film of the franchise? And we were trying to go this in chronological order. We typed in Ice Age on Disney+, and it just said... Ice Age, and Ice Age Continental Drift, and Ice Age da- um, uh, Age of the Dinosaurs, and Ice Age the Meltdown, and we we're like, wait a minute, which one's the sequel to the original? And we were clicking on it, and then it was like, okay, this one came out in 2009, uh, and we're like, nope, that's definitely not it. And so then we finally found Ice Age the Meltdown when we were doing Process of Elimination, when we knew that Robots came out in 2005, and this movie came out in 2006.
1: so um, going in the storyline Manny the the Bully Mammoth uh, Sid the Sloth and Diego the Saber 2 Tiger and uh, the hapless uh, prehistoric squirrel uh, Rat known as Scrat are still together and enjoying the perks of their now melting world Manny is uh, ready to start start a family again but nobody has seen another mammoth for a very long time Um, Manny thinks uh, that that he may be the last one Uh, that is until he miraculously finds Ellie uh, who is the only female mammoth left in the world their only problems they can't stand each other and Ellie Ellie somehow thinks that she's a possum. Ellie comes to uh, some excess baggage in the form of uh, two possum brothers, uh, uh, Crash and Eddie, uh, a couple of daredevil pranksters and cocky loudmouth troublemakers. Manny, Sid, Diego quickly learn that uh, the warming climate has uh, one major drawback, uh, that the huge glacial dam uh, holding off the ocean's water is about to break, threatening the entire valley. The only uh, chance of survival lies at the other end of the valley, so our three heroes, along with Ellie, Crash and Eddie, form the most unlikely family of any quote-unquote age, as they embark on a mission to on an ever-changing, increasingly dangerous landscape towards their salvation. So. Um, it's kind of, I mean, you know, looking at the very beginning of the movie, it's sort of kind of like, you know, it takes away some of like the, uh, the, um, the epic worldliness I think the Ice Age somewhat had, because we went through a lot of uh, places uh, around Ice Age, and yeah. uh, so all of a sudden, you know, to somehow be kind of like, you know, um, stuck in like, you know, um... This small kinda bowl, if you will, of like, you know, not very much land to work with from what I can see.
0: Yeah, and I and I get what they were trying to do. It's like, okay, we know that in this part of the story, they're going through global warming and everything is melting down to what it would be um, in today's, um, you know, age and era. So it's like, okay, we already had the ice age and, you know, we can't do snow and ice anymore. Now we have to do greenery and forests. And, you know, and and at this point in time, you know, they didn't exactly have like a stable place to call home until finally as a group that they have this place that they can call home, which kind of reminds me of like the, uh, the the place in Land Before Time 10 in which when uh, Littlefoot's grandparents and a lot of longnecks who just so happen to have the same dream where they stop a meteor with their heads in a specific location that just so happens to be bowl shaped with a bunch of trees and stuff like that and, yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that location, but it's not necessarily that location.
1: Well, I've seen the moon get caught in Majora's Mask, so, you know, like, uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, you know, like, uh, in regards to this, like, it's just, it just seems so limiting, like, uh, you know, I started, I almost kind of felt a bit disappointed about, you know, where, you know, uh, our, our, you know, our heroes kind of ended up, really, because it's like, it's, uh, I mean, did they, like, walk, like, across that and then, like, go down into, like, this valley and then uh, all of a sudden, like, you know, the uh, ice, you know, under uh, you know uh, that they'd walked to and all together had just completely and utterly melted. I mean, I, I guess at some that, point that's that must... what I'm putting together. It's never yeah. really been explained. It's never
0: been explained because the last bit of ice that we do see from that um, bowl that they live in, it just so happens to be like this huge wall, and the wall has been cracking over time, and you have basically this crazy character who is kind of like our villain, but not necessarily the villain. It's kind of hard to say. His name is Fast Tony. And I just said... By the um way, played by Jay Leno. Yeah, of course. Anyway, so when I heard Fast Tony, I thought it was like, wait a minute, is, are you saying Fat Tony from The Simpsons? It's like, no, it's Fast, Fast to- Tony. Fast yeah. Tony, yeah. So basically, you have this guy who's just basically a big con artist who is saying like, oh, you know, did you know that the wall is going to be cracking and there's going to be a huge waterfall that's going to wipe out everything? And, you know, you know, you you know, if you want to be able to... Uh, you know, Beastie Rescued, you listen to me and you take my advice. Um, nobody believes Fast Tony. In fact, even Manny doesn't even believe him at first.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, um, I mean, he's just there to make a quick book, basically. And so, um, but then uh, eventually he does discover that actually he is telling the truth and that, you know, the, uh, the, the, the water is actually melting. So, sorry, the ice is actually melting. Yeah. So, um, then it comes to the point where he has to try and, like, win everybody over. So I say, you know, hey, this is uh, something that we need to, you know, do very quickly. And, uh, um, so, um, we end up on this uh, journey to, uh, you know, uh, that uh, there's this, uh, you know, a big arc on the other side. And uh, by the way, um, I mean, like, uh, we're kind of jumping to the edge here, but it's it's, it's very reminiscent of, like, you know, the story of Noah's ark when you you look at it. it, Yeah,
0: it is kind of like the uh, story of Noah's ark, in which, like, oh, I know a place where we can go to where it's going to be safe from the flooding. I have this big, giant log that it will be fitting enough for everyone. If we go there in a few days, then you will all be safe from harm. And... Yeah, it definitely reminded me of Noah's Ark a little bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so... Um, I mean, in regards to like, the one thing I will say about the the this Ice Age, like you know, the journey, I mean, isn't all that memorable. You know, like uh, all the, they are trying to like once again, it's another journey. Actually, like Ice Age was a, a journey of like them going to try and you know uh, re- you know take the baby back to the humans, and this is a journey of them trying to save their own skins. Yeah. So, um, you get um, you know, then they meet up with uh, with as in as said in the story, they meet up with Ellie and uh, they meet up with these uh, two you know parson brothers. And uh, my goodness, they, you know the uh, crashing Eddie. Uh, you know, not my favorite characters. No, they're not my favorite characters either. Yeah, it's so. kind of funny
0: that they're played by Sean William Scott and Josh Peck. Uh, for those who don't know who uh, they are, um, Sean William Scott you probably know as Stiffler from the American Pie movies, and Josh Peck you probably know for Drake and Josh and the Amanda Show and uh, the Turner and Hooch uh, series that came out on Disney Plus not too long ago. He was Casey Jones in TMNT 2012. So yeah, he's been in a lot of things. It's so. Yeah, Crash and Eddie are definitely like really annoying. It's like, oh, you know, here we are reporting for duty, and they're like, eh, duty, and you basically just have them like really just all over the place. It's like I get that they're supposed to be brothers, and they're supposed to be like, oh, we're the goofy ones, and we're the supposed to be the ones that are the comic relief. But wait a minute, I thought Sid was the comic relief.
1: I know exactly. Like it's just it's. Uh, I mean, they they feel unnecessary to uh, to be added in. Really, like they just seem to be just distracting from the plot. Yeah, like. But Uh,
0: I mean, why can't you just have Ellie just be wandering around? I mean, I get what the point was, is that, you know, she was an orphan and, you know, she was raised by possums and she thinks that she is a possum because she's never seen her kind anywhere else. And so I get that part. But, I mean, if we just cut Crash and Eddie off and we just made her, like, uh, as her own individual, then maybe that could have worked. It's very similar to, like, Land Before Time. I think it was, like... 11 or 12, I think it was one of those, where there was a character named Guido who doesn't know what he is. He's like um, a dinosaur that he's never he's not- he himself has never seen before. Is he a flyer? Is he a long neck? Is he a triceratops? Is he a swimmer? Even though that he is a very strange looking uh, dinosaur that t- does so happen to have wings, Um, you know, he actually teaches Petrie how to fly in a group because they have to pass some sort of test where they have to fly simultaneously in a group or else they'll fail. So yeah, there's a similar plot like this that happened like a, like a few years later. I think maybe it was around the same time. I have to look up to see when that came out.
1: Yeah, so um, but it regards to Ellie, I mean, Ellie's played by Queen Latifah, oh, yeah. and I think she does a very good performance. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I, I think that Queen Latifah, you know, she's amazing at what she does. She's a great actress, she's a great singer, and yeah, she definitely just brings in the sass of uh, Ellie. It kind of reminds me of um, Jada Pickett-Smith's portrayal as Gloria in the Madagascar films, in which she was really sassy too.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, she, uh, yeah, she, she's, she's basically the reverse of, uh, well, Manny, like, you know, she's very out-looking and very outgoing, and uh, you know, is well, kind of like, you know, kind of like, you know, cl- clustered in, like, you know, this big mass of fur. I,
0: I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because both of their backstories, even though at the beginning they were kind of similar, in which they both lost their families at a very young age, the only difference is, is that, you know, she was raised by um, possums while Manny was alone.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, I mean, again, like, uh, I would just really appreciate it if it was just Ellie on her own, or like, you know, maybe Maybe they probably could have, like, you know, maybe included them, like, in, in the interim, maybe, like, and not have them on screen as much. But the fact that you had them, like, basically as supporting characters, Crash and Eddie, like, I just did uh, I just thought, like, you know, I hated, like, also, but they also dated the movie quite a bit because they sang that, all, like, you know, a line of the R. Kelly song as well. So, like, oh it's just, yeah. yeah, that's going to date the movie quite significantly. I
0: believe I can fly! Nah,
1: <sighs> no, yeah. Oh,
0: especially with watch, I, I mean, at, for my, one of my school assignments for my journalism class i had to watch the r kelly documentary and oh my god i was so filled with cringe it was just like you have these people in the beginning of the documentary saying talking about like you know that song they it was so popular because of space jam that they would even sing it in church and it was like all over the radio and stuff like that and then you find out who he ended up being
1: Mm. exactly yeah so, um, so we go further void in the... By the way, we are introduced to basically what well, I think are somewhat our antagonists, I think, in this movie. It's, it's kind We're, of funny yeah. because
0: there's technically two antagonists. One is Fast Tony who shows up on and off. And then the other one is like these two dinosaur alligators who also show up on and off. Hmm. So basically it's like, okay, you have one section in which like, you know, Fast Tony is like being manipulative and then his sidekick, Stu... By the way, who dies by yeah. being eaten by those dino alligators? It's, wow, that was dark.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Almost as, I mean, I would say, I mean, it's, I I think, think it's almost... I
1: think you had to play up the threat. And yeah, so like, I know, uh, yeah. but
0: still it's like, wow. And then... Yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, and, and then we have another... Oh, yeah, that's for that's right. There's technically three sets of villains because you have Fast Tony who's, like, being the manipulator and the con artist. And then you have those um, dino alligators. And then you have the vultures.
1: Well, I mean, the vultures were there just kind of, like, just kind of follow them around and, uh, you know, wait for, them, for some of them to die. And then they can, like, eat some of, the, some of them, I guess. And yeah, so, I mean, exactly. They, they were just, they were just, I mean... I don't know if you really can call him an antagonist, I guess. I don't know. There's there's
0: not really an antagonist in this movie. Unlike in the first one, in which you know who the bad guy is. Mm. It's Soto, Diego, and the rest of the Sabertooths. But here, it's like, you go between Fast Tony, you go between the vultures, you go between the dino alligators... I mean, other than them showing up from time to time, there's not really much of a conflict other than Manny and Ellie trying to have build up their relationship and them trying to escape from the land right before the dam cracks and all the flooding happens within a few days. That's pretty much what it happens uh, in terms of like... Oh, we need to do this. This this is our conflict f- for the most part. Yeah.
1: Um, one thing that's kind of annoying as well is that so uh, there's not much originality in this movie. Like, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, it gets to the story is. I mean, c- c- the story's kind of based on Noah's Ark a little bit. I guess you know, trying to get into the go-boat before the you know the flood comes in. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know, there's that. And then like you know, the, the vultures that their big musical number is based off Oliver Twist. Food, yes, it, it is. Throat. It is
0: based. It is food glorious food, which is based off of the Oliver musical.
1: Yeah, and uh, which is their twist on. on, on funny enough. On, Oliver Twist. so um, yeah. Exactly. Even, even you couldn't laugh at that joke, like yeah. I,
0: I mean, the moment that I heard it, I was like, "Wait a minute, that sounds familiar." And then when I heard them saying f- "food, glorious food," I was like, "Wait a minute, this is from Oliver." so they're basically just copying off Oliver to sing this big song which by the way is like their major one that's oh oh, by the way uh, cop car
1: yeah we're being uh, the the, the police are trying to stop us from doing this
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're either that or it's like hey originality please we come up with something original Mm. anyway but uh, that's not to say that you couldn't like put a song that came from a pre-existing property and you know put it somewhere else to like build up the story I mean you could if you do it right but here it's like oh we're the this is probably the only major time we're gonna show up in this movie let's sing a song based off of a well-known musical so yeah other than that maybe seeing them a handful of times they don't really come into the plot that much yeah uh,
1: one thing uh, that we have in the movie is uh, Diego is afraid of water and so, yeah, I, yeah I guess it
0: makes sense because you know saber tigers he's a cat but they don't really play this up it's not like he has a fear of water like maybe um, when he was a kid or something like that that he drowned unlike in um, uh, Rugrats All Grown Up in which like when we found out in the episode when they went camping that uh, Tom Tommy is afraid of water, because when he was a kid, when he went um, camping with his grandpa and he was fishing, he stumbled into the water and he almost drowned, and then t- uh, Grandpa rescued him, and he had a fear of water ever since. There's not really a reason why Diego is afraid of water, it's just there because he's afraid of something.
1: Exactly, and so, I mean, like, to be fair, like, you know, even when he has that fear, like, you know, seeing how deep the water is getting, like, in the in the finale, I think you can definitely feel the tension a little bit there. Oh, like, yeah, you know, for you sure. Can definitely, you can definitely put yourself in, in his shoes, but. Uh, you know, he jumps in, and uh, then, like, it's almost like, you know, um, he spent most of the movie being afraid of it, but then all of a sudden, like, he just jumps in, and, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, somewhat a natural, pretty much in, uh, in swimming. And so, uh, you know, I guess. Um, you know, it's, a uh, kind of a dick move on Sid to say like, oh yeah, all, you know, young th- things, you know, learn by swimming in water, except for saber tigers, they don't. It's like, yeah, just, yeah
0: exactly. Even though that he was kind of the one who taught Diego how to swim in the first place. It's like, you know, pounce and, and, uh, be sneaky and then pounce and be sneaky and then try to, you know, um, you know, uh, wave your arms around like you're hunting and, and, uh, pouncing and stuff like that. So Yeah, we do see that, and then it would play off, like, you know, kind of, like, similar to the icicles in the first movie. There is a bit of foreshadowing with that, so... um, Yeah, I I think that, uh, in terms of, like, the remaining story, it's just basically them trying to head over to the rendezvous point, where they head over to the logs, where everybody else is going, right before the water starts coming in, and... You know, very similar to the first movie, we have Scrat again, and he's just chasing around the nut like he always is. Yeah. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary, just yeah, basically th- th- more. That's
1: another thing as well. Like, the, the, the Scrat uh, sketches are, the, are just the same, like, as in the first movie, Like except he's just also running away from the water. I mean, like, and then trying to get the nut. That's, that's basically it. Yeah, so, and the only,
0: the only difference is, is that in, the, in this movie, the nut is actually captured by a vulture, and they bring it up to the nest... And then he tries to get it, and then there's a vulture baby who's born who also wants the nut, which, why? Vultures don't eat nuts, they eat meat. Anyway. They'd be
1: more interested in scrat than they would be the nut, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, they would eat scrat more than they would eat the nut. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Anyway, but yeah, other than just that bit of a subplot with the vulture, there's nothing new to it outside of what we know from the first movie.
1: Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, they, they just go, basically, uh, there's not really much to describe. I mean, like, uh, we've kind of, like, highlighted some of the, you know, the bits of the plot. I mean, it's just them just trying to get to the, trying to get to the arc. And uh, then they have this bit where, you know, like, uh, they're falling out over, like, you know, because can't decide what's the best way of going around. Going around the, uh, the geysers, or actually going through the geysers, which, you know, Manny is doing, and so... Um, he um, decides that, uh, you know, he's going to pound his way through the geysers, but then, uh, you know, realize that, you know, um, you know what was Ellie going to do? Yeah, know, I mean, there's,
0: al- there's also a really, really useless subplot with Sid where he feels unappreciated. He feels like he's not part of the pack, and so he wants to separate and basically just go off on his own, and especially when Ellie comes into the picture where he feels like he's irrelevant. Yeah. And then we have this really pointless subplot where he's greeted by a bunch of other slots. And they think of him as a god, and I'm like thinking, oh god, this is like an American tale, Father Goes West, all over again.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I completely forgot about that scene until you told me about it. And uh, you know, it is a pretty, you know, now that I think, really think back about it, it's like it's, uh, I'm quite surprised because it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, it's just, you know, it just ends up kind of like just being a bit of the movie that there isn't, you know, and this is the thing, like, it is, like, this whole journey is full of things where it doesn't feel like it's all kind of like part of the plot. Like, you know, you got Ellie like acting up, like, you know, as a possum, and then finally, you know, she shakes it off when she finally sees a tree and then um, you've got um sid who like is going through like his uh, you know not feeling part of the pack and by the way this is only that i guess that's going to be in a future sequel that we're going to talk about which you yeah know, yeah which is going to be disappointing and, and, and then
0: and then with the whole um subplot of sid ending where the sloths basically take him over to the volcano is like you are the god and we need to sacrifice you so it's like okay now they're taking Um, You know, a key from Joe versus the volcano in which we need to sacrifice you so that we can have something stop. Okay, great.
1: I'm just getting tired just thinking about this plot, plot really. Like, it's just, it's, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, going from, like, you know, start to finish of this movie, I feel like there's nothing gained except for the fact that, you know, they all got on the... Uh, oh, by the way, uh, you know, when they finally get to the Ark, and they finally get on the Ark, you know, it's all for nothing anyway, because um, Scrat breaks the other side of the ice and uh, lets all the water out, and uh, then you find that there's more land on the other side. It's like, like,
0: where was this the entire time? So
1: all of this was a complete waste of time when you really think about it. Yeah, I
0: mean, I guess some of the highlights I can think of was... Um, you know the final act in which when Manny was trying to rescue Ellie who's trapped in the cave and you see the water rising and it starts building up that suspension intensity Um, but then you realize like toward the beginning in the first and second act um, I'm at the beginning of the second act where you have Ellie and Manny trying to see if they can be able to get along with each other it's like at first, they have just no chemistry.
1: Hmm. And by the way, like uh, you know, how the uh, during that scene, you know how the antagonists, like you know, where uh, they attack Manny during all of that, and then they like they die by being crushed under a rock. Which you know, I'm like, why can't they just swim back from under it? Like you know, like uh, I don't understand. Yeah, like if they if they if they ran into it and then like you know the rock suddenly like you know crushed them towards like the side. I mean, they couldn't show that obviously because it'd be a bit too gruesome. But so uh, you know, like it's just it's. Uh, yeah, that bit didn't make all that much sense really, and uh, you know, it was just it was, uh, huh. yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, unfortunately, there's not really much to say. I mean, we there's not much m-
1: to report back on really. It's like it's just a it's just a throwaway adventure for uh, our age. H- Heroes like it, it, you know. Take Toy Story two for example. Yeah, like, you know that that's a superior sequel to that because it uh, makes use of the fact that you know, uh, not this isn't like Buzz Lightyear story now. This is Woody's story. So Woody is basically being expanded upon, like you know what he's about and everything like that. Yeah. So like, and then like you know the toys like you know on the on the, you know, trying to rescue him and like showing how much he's you know uh, Woody you know means to them exactly. and means to Andy. So I mean that there's expansion there for the Toy Story. Yeah. You know, like in a way i mean like uh, this you know the first movie i would say was about manny i think you could definitely say yeah. he was the main part of, like you know he was going through like his uh you know character evolution of like you know getting over the fact that you know he's grieving the loss of his of uh, his whole family and then you know he's uh trying you know he's uh Feels an emotional bond with this baby, and uh, you know he takes the he he's the main driving force of the field wanting to take the baby back to the back to the humans and trying to fend uh, him off Diego, and uh, you know having to drag signal along for the ride and try and get him to uh, be motivated for it. You know, like uh, that. This you know Ice Age was Manny's story, yes. basically. What needs to happen in this movie? It needed to be one of the other character's story. This needs to be either focused on Sid or it needs to be focused on Diego. And like, uh, it, I mean, I guess they
0: tried because with Sid's side, it's like he feels unappreciated with Diego's side he's afraid of water yeah. and i guess in the first movie they tried well i mean other than sid i guess they try to do that with diego in which oh he had a backstory too in which like you know he started off as the bad guy and then he had a change of heart when he was with manny and sid and he knew about the importance of being a team and you know making sure that this baby was able to get to the um, you know the village tribe by um you know a certain time right before they left so you know there's a little bit of a backstory with diego too and you would think that in the sequel Hey, let's um be able to expand not only the, uh you know, the surroundings and let's expand the characters, but let's introduce new characters that would fit in so well. Like, DreamWorks has been a prime example in which, for the most part, every single time that they have released a movie, every time they do a sequel, they've always improved and expanded on it. Shrek 2. We got to know more about Princess Fiona's family when they finally went over to Far, Far Away. It expanded the horizons because we only saw Dulog, we saw the castle, we saw the forest, and we saw the swamp. But here we have Far, Far Away, and we got to see the castle, we got to see the forest, and we got to see um, the fairy godmother's um, factory, we got to see um, the barnyard, and we got to see a whole bunch of things. We got to introduce to new characters, too. We got introduced to Puss in Boots, we got introduced to the fairy godmother, We got introduced to Prince Charming. We got introduced to the King and Queen. It expanded more of the characters. We got to see more of Shrek and Fiona's relationship. So it expanded on that. Kung Fu Panda is also a great example. We got a new badass villain. It expands more of the Furious Five. We get to learn more of Poe's backstory. It enhances and increases the intensity from the first movie onward. And how to train your dragon too is a great example. You know, we get to see Hiccup finally becoming his own person. We get to finally meet up with Hiccup's mother. We get to know more information about the dragons and it was able to expand on that. And, Yeah, I mean, it's true that stuff such as, like, Trolls 2 and Crudes A New Age wasn't exactly good, but hey, there were some things about it that we said, hey, that might be just as good as the original. Like, for Uh, example... At
1: least there was an attempt to expand what was going on. Well While Ice Age, the meltdown feels like it's condensed, and like, it doesn't feel as epic as the first movie.
0: Yeah, I I feel like this was kind of like an attempt of, like, striking while the iron is hot, Like, trying to recapture lightning in a bottle twice. like the first Ice Age movie was a success and we see all of our other competition doing sequels so let's try to do the same thing
1: yeah I just feel like you know with um, I mean the the one thing I think you know if I had to write the Ice Age sequel I probably wouldn't have I would never have gone in this direction I don't think no I wouldn't I I think you know you know the 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 bit where you know Sid is captured by like or like you're taken there by the uh, the tribes people like you know because they revere him as a god and everything like that you know that's the direction I would have gone in the movie when I would have probably made That's the main the main plot of the movie, like you know, where Sid feels unappreciated, he basically wanders off. He uh, stumbles upon this whole uh, tribe for for people of. uh you know uh, of other uh, sloths and they believe him to be a god because he can make fire yeah. from the fr- you know referencing the first movie yes and so you know he settles in and then like you know where uh, manny and diego end up uh, kind of in there you know in within that maybe uh manny could have met ellie as that and maybe instead of ellie being like you know thinking that she's a possum maybe she thinks she's like she's a sloth yeah and m- maybe that maybe that's the fact maybe that she's uh, she, they t- talk talk her out of it and that could be part of the plot and then you got diego who probably has to um you know, uh, you know, have to kind of... You can still have Diego trying to, like, you know, worry about being in the water and things like that. Obviously, there's that. Yeah. But uh, then, I mean, then you could introduce the fact that, you know, there's... Uh, the water is melting. In fact, you probably even write Fast Tony out of this altogether and, like, have, like, one of the... Uh, maybe have one of the, the sloths saying that, you know, oh, end times are coming. I'll have Jay Leno play that character, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, you could have focused... It. That's how I would have focused this around Sid. And I think they could. I think that would have been far better than I think what we ended up with, with. Like you know, this whole like you know retelling of like you know the Noah's Ark and you know goodness knows what else. or Oliver twist or whatever. Yeah, you know, uh,
0: Oliver, Lamb before time. time yeah,
1: exactly. Joel
0: versus the volcano.
1: Can, yeah, just like you know, just get. I would. I would have just made Sid. Like, this is what I would have done. With, at least how the direction I would have gone in with the Ice Age sequels. I would have liked Manny was the uh, focus of the first one. Sid would have been the focus of the second one, and Diego would be the, 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 the focus of the third. The third movie, yeah, well, that, how, that,
0: that, that never happened.
1: That never happened, but that's what they should have done because then you would have been able to, like, you know, concentrate on a character and their evolution, make that the main thing. Yeah, and uh, whether it's in Ice Age two, the meltdown. <laughs> it just melts down because obviously there's just too much going on it's getting too it's getting too concentrated and you know like uh, it's uh, fact...
0: yeah it's getting concentrated into one thing and it doesn't have the ability to breathe because yeah. it's just so tight exactly it, needs it one... makes you
1: wonder how however, they fit the scratch uh, s- uh, sketches into the, all of this because there's just too much going on and it's the, there's not enough for you to kind of focus on it. like you know the, they, they, if,
0: if they were to if they were to just done the same thing over again they should have just removed scratch entirely
1: yeah well I mean I wonder if remove removed scrat like you know they could have done some funny things with scrat he like, went, like, like
0: maybe put him in the beginning of the movie or maybe toward the end of the movie it's like where was scrat the entire time oh there he is
1: yeah exactly so um you know scrat the scrat sketches i'm not necessarily uh, you know uh, against but i mean these ones aren't as memorable as like you know the first one the ones in the first movie yeah you know, right? yeah exactly with that but you know in regards to like this movie i mean i just think it's going i think it's just going in the wrong direction i think it's uh they should have like gone in the direction of like making said like you know the main you know making him the main plot point of all of this and uh, you know doing what they did with the um uh with the with the sloth tribe and everything like that like you know they're like you know believe people believe like in the armageddon and end times and stuff like that i want to sacrifice said you know later on in the movie and that would have been like what they were building up to Things like that, you know, like, uh, I mean, um, it wouldn't have been like, you know, um, I don't think I wouldn't have made it like, you know, Road to, Road to El Dorado by any, chance, by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone in that direction with it. But, uh, I mean, I would have definitely, like, played up the fact that Sid, you know, needed his main story, and this probably would have been the opportunity to do it. Instead, they basically tried to make every character irrelevant and instead they made them all irrelevant, when you Yeah, really exactly. About it, you know. I
0: mean, and also that adding in Crash and Eddie, and then adding in Ellie... And also adding in Fast Tony and the Dino Crocodiles, Alligators, whatever, and then the Fuldgers—it's just too much stuff going on. And then oh, we need to put Scrat in there because he was funny in the first movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and also uh, some of the musical numbers—I don't remember all that much. Besides the uh, you know, the food, glorious food thing, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, and like, uh, but there's nothing else really that I can recall that I feel like was important for you know for me you know, it's a little back on. you know, it's it just, it was, uh, I guess the, yeah. the I
0: guess the one thing that was kind of like weird was what happened at the end of the movie in which when Scrat dies and, you know, he's like going into heaven and he's surrounded by nuts. And then finally we have Sid who gives him, um, you know, resuscitation and he brings him back to life and he's so pissed off at him that he saved his life. And it, it's like, wait a minute, doesn't this feel similar to what happened in trolls Two? In which, like, you have that crazy sequence that happened, and then when they wake up, it's like, "Take me back!" It's like, okay, I mean, I get it, but you know, be thankful that you're alive, bro. You're
1: gonna be, fro- you're
0: gonna be frozen in an ice cube for another twenty thousand years.
1: Yeah. Despite the fact that you know we, you and I don't think this is uh, this movie is all that good. But, I mean, like uh, I mean, we're looking at some, like uh, some of the reviews on uh, IMDb, and uh, actually some of the Ice Age fans actually do do like this movie.
0: Well, the reason <laughs> why is because it only goes downhill from here.
1: Yeah, exactly. But
0: I mean, to be fair, there were a few lines that we thought were pretty funny. I mean, a lot of the snippy remarks from Manny and Diego were just as funny as ever.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean that that, that was yes, yeah, some of the you know the dialogue between our main characters that actually was very good. Yeah
0: just offset the fact that Crash and Eddie's dialogue was just awful.
1: I know, like you know, it's just, it's uh, it, it's so awful that it actually kind of like, you know, it sticks there in your head, and uh, you just, you know, you kind of feel like you can't concentrate on anything else. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: you can't concentrate on the good stuff, because it's surrounding all the bad stuff.
1: Well, I mean, like, the problem is that, uh, you know, it falls into the problem of, like, you can't really concentrate on the good stuff, because there's too much stuff currently going on, and you don't know where to really concentrate on.
0: Well, at least it doesn't, like, lose its focus on, like, say, the Crude's movies, in which there's just too many stuff going on not a lot of focus yeah
1: exactly and so I think uh, I mean that's one thing it has over the cruise is like, that at least it's uh, at least it's like small enough to like say okay well this is all the that's going on and like you know you know so sort of, like it's just I think one thing that the say uh, to the meltdown I think is a bit scared of I think is uh, it's you notice there's not actually all that many slow moments in there. the only slow moments that I can recall are when uh, Ellie is uh, discovering herself again and uh, then uh, you know when Manny and Ellie most it's a slow moments in this movie are all wrapped yeah, around they're, Manny they're and only, Ellie. They're
0: only on Manny and Ellie. I mean, there's like one moment with Sid where he feels unappreciated, but then after a while, that just goes pretty quickly. But yeah, every time there's a slow moment, it's always with Manny and Ellie. Talking about like, so... um you, you know you're a possum and you did you know that you're a mammoth and we completely forgot about this too is that at the end of the movie when the whole flood thing is over a whole group of mammoths just walk by it's like wait where did they come from uh,
1: yeah again this is like it. this
0: is like the complaint that we said about mm-hmm. shrek forever after in which like when shrek finally is trying to fight off against rumpelstiltskin and then we have all of these ogres from this ogre army led by fiona it's like wait a minute other than Shrek and Fiona, where have the other ogres been?
1: Yeah, it's like, it's just, it's uh, it's so, yeah, I, I I just can't really wrap my head fully around like everything that just uh, transpired in Night's Age 2, The Meltdown, because it's just, it's just too much. To really take in and I can't really contemplate like, you know, what where I would basically gonna concentrate the, you know, which character I should really focus on because the problem is that all the characters in here seem to try and get arcs. I mean like Ellie like, you know, discovering that she's a mammoth again, you've got Diego afraid of water, you got Sid feeling that he's not relevant, you've got Manny trying to you know rush to get everybody over to, you know, the Ark. And then you've got you know Fastoni trying to like, you know, say sell a book Joe during the apocalypse. You've got the vultures like, you know, who are like you know, were going on their own, and like, like waiting for the uh, the animals to you know be able to be pecked off. Then you've got uh, you know uh, the crocodiles, the crocodiles are- are, you know trying trying to you know eat everybody and things like that. It's just, it's just yeah, there's like there are. I don't know if it's just the kind of too many characters and too many stories, and nobody gets really a, a good real amount of focus. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah. I think
0: that's what the problem is. Is that even though it's the but second it gets- movie, there's too many characters. What happened to the first movie? It was it was just three characters and a baby and like a few other bad guys in the background. And, and even
1: though they didn't get much screen but at least you knew they were relevant. Exactly, to the Exactly, yeah,
0: they were relevant to the story. Well, mean, the humans
1: as well. Like you know, they only got so much time in there, and, and yeah, they were yeah, relevant yeah, to is. the plot. Yeah, they were relevant to the plot I too. I mean, are you
0: going to remember like in the beginning of the movie that Sid was a quote unquote camp counselor, and you have all these little dinosaurs and kids? I completely
1: forgot about that.
0: Yeah, like you know that basically, like you know, Sid is like watching over them. Like if it was he was a camp counselor, and they're like, we don't like you, and then he's like, oh. Oh, you kid! They look up to me like a role model. It's like, are you going to remember them? No. no.
1: Like so? Yeah. It's just that, again, they should have focused this whole story around Sid, in my opinion. Like, uh, uh, focus it all around one character, and then if you want to put in some arcs, then you know, go go ahead with it. But I feel like this movie feels unfocused. It feels uh, like it's uh, going in completely you know, different directions. And by the way, they're only going in one direction—that's towards that freaking arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's too many arcs going towards the arc. <laughs>
0: that should be on a t-shirt by the way Ice Age The Meltdown. Too many arcs to go to the arc.
1: You should be called Ice Age The Arcs. Like, there you go. The arc's down. I, I, I'm... The arc's down under. <laughs> anyway, my, 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 my brain's melting at the moment, so... I'm okay, let,
0: let's uh, let's just conclude it right here. So, so
1: I mean, um, looking at this, like, to be fair, though, like, you know, this movie did do pretty well. It did uh, $660 million to the box office. Yeah,
0: so it basically made more than double than
1: robots. Well, I mean, like, you know, th- think about it. Like, you know, this is a, a, a sequel to a, a very popular movie that, uh, got a lot of uh, shouting about, you know, at the very beginnings, "Oh hey, look at the studio called Bruce Guy. Look what they're doing. Oh, hey, they're doing a sequel to the, you know, the movie that, uh, you know, put them on the map. You know, everyone's going to be really interested in that. Uh, yeah, know, right, look at the amount of intention that Toy Story 2 got. Yeah. You know, and look, like, at, you know,
0: look at what Shrek 2 did.
1: Exactly, yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of that going on for, like, the second Avatar movie, obviously because, you know, the James Cameron movie. So, like, you know, uh, there's a little bit of that going on because, like, oh, hey, look at how amazing Avatar first looked, and now here comes the sequel. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. And and right now it's like what's the highest-grossing movie at it's, the moment? Yeah,
0: it's still the, well. I mean, it's kind of like in between Avatar and Endgame. They're yeah. they're kind of like fighting off against each other. I, so
1: exactly, yeah. So but again, like you know, it's up there at the top, and you know, so like a highly anticipated movie that's, you know took place, you know, took place like more than a decade ago. I think uh, was it? I'm mean, trying to yeah. And uh, now finally they're making the sequel. And It's like oh, everyone's you know get ga- you know gaining up for it yeah. because they've seen the other movie. It's the same thing for like Ice Age 2 Like you know, oh hey, they made this really cool you know, cool Ice Age movie that was you know a really funny movie and. Uh, which basically put, made, put, got Blue Sky all the attention that it's getting now. And like, oh, hey, we're making the sequel. It's like, oh, hey, here we go. Mm-hmm. You know, like Everyone's going to get excited for it because they've seen the first one and they all thought it was really good. And uh, I would really like to know um, all the, I say, people who liked the first Ice Age movie, like, how did they feel about the second one?
0: Uh, um, I think they feel the same way that we feel, in which, like, it's not as good as the first movie.
1: Well, it depends who you ask, really, because well, I mean, everyone, everyone on uh, If you're on Rotten Tomatoes, you're saying fifty-seven percent. If you're on IMDb, you say six point eight percent, and if you're on Amazon, you're saying four point four out of five. So like, uh, it's uh, it's it's got a, it's still mixed, I think, amongst all the fans. I think there's some people who do who do not like it, but then other people do like it too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's a, it's a mixed bag kind of thing. I think uh, from the looks of it. Alright,
0: then. But, yeah, I would say at the end of the day, um, the first movie is still the best one so far.
1: Yeah. Right then, so I think uh, that's... I mean, I don't think we've got anything else to really say about Ice Age, too. I mean, like, uh, I mean, sorry that it's not as, like, you know, as uh, uh, as big as like some of the other episodes that we've done, but, uh, I mean, like, uh, you know, we've really not got much to say about it. It's just, it's a, it's a disappointing sequel in yeah. our opinion.
0: I-, I was really looking forward to this movie, especially since I've never seen it, and... Yeah. Unfortunately it just like let me down. And I mean, it just really just speaks in volume about the quality of blue sky in which like, Hey, you have DreamWorks and you have Pixar who are able to take their first installments and are able to look upon the flaws and remove it and are able to get the good stuff and enhance it. So yeah, this doesn't speak very well if they if we talk about another sequel to another one of their movies.
1: I, I would like people to be honest with me about this. It's like you know, If you had a choice between Toy Story 2, Shrek 2, and Ice Age the Meltdown, which one are you going to pick first? And I guarantee you it's either going to be Shrek 2 or it's going to be Toy Story 2.
0: Yeah, it's it not... It isn't going to be Ice Age. No, it's not. It's not going to be Ice Age the Meltdown, so... Yeah, at the end of the day, um, just watch the first movie and you'll be able to pretty much get the same thing that you would get if you were watching the meltdown, except a better story, more focus on the characters, more emotional moments and more humor. And I mean, sure, the, I would say that the one thing that is an improvement over the first movie is that the animation is slightly better. Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. But so I mean, like that should be that should come naturally. I think, exactly.
0: That should come naturally. But, yeah, I would say anything that you were expecting for Ice Age, the meltdown in terms of improvements, sadly, you're not going to get that.
1: Okay. Well, uh, what's our next uh, movie going to be in uh, Journey to the Blue Sky?
0: All right, then. So we're going to be talking about the first animated adaptation based off of a Dr. Seuss book. I mean, not counting, like, How the Grinch Stole Christmas or the Lorax. We're talking about Horton Hears a Who. Cool.
1: Well, until then, uh, say, say care and bye for now.
0: See you later.